Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story is Trump's top tweet. He has pinned to the top of his Twitter feed the following tweet. With universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good, 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It will be a great embarrassment to the USA. Delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote? Yeah. So that's causing a stir. I've got a couple of comments. The first thing that comes to mind when I hear that is... Who is the leader of the direct opposition to this position? Stacey Ah, Abrams. Yes. So this is a collision course of Trump versus Stacey Abrams, in my opinion, because she is doing the other side of it. There's voter suppression. It's going to happen. We've already decided that it's going to happen. There's no way that it doesn't happen unless we win. And Trump is doing the reverse of that. Last night, Kathy messaged me that Tucker Carlson said last night that Abrams would be a likely AG attorney general choice, which I kind of think is unlikely because she does not like to work. Like, I'm not saying she likes to agitate. I should say she said she didn't want to be a senator because she didn't want to do all that hard work. I shouldn't generalize and say she doesn't like to work, but that is does not seem to be consistent with her political ambitions. Yeah, she spends her time doing Live chats and virtual trainings where she teaches people to agitate. That's her thing. I think you're right. She's an image. She is a she's a face job. She's a myth. Nice. The myth of Stacey Abrams. I think they say like that she has a legacy, a legend. Yeah, all that. So but the Democrats are saying this is an empty threat by Trump because this this I actually had to start laughing, could not control myself because it's unconstitutional. That it would take an act of Congress to change the election. And then they went on and on about how I think since we've had an election every November since the beginning of this country, there's absolutely no way. Let's be real that this is going to not happen. Or Republicans were saying that, too. All very foreshadowing ha- at how these times are unprecedented, which unprecedented times call for unprecedented measures. But what's so hilarious is that absolutely every single solitary thing that government on any level has wanted to do, they have done without resistance because they suspended our our constitutional rights all in the name of this being an emergency instead of saying it's an emergency we can extend our our policies to the full extent of the law they're saying we can go far beyond the law with our policies so it's completely empty rhetoric to suggest that the constitution would stand in the way in this day and age yeah and isn't that always the accusation that both sides hurl at each other it's unconstitutional that's what albert Albert J. Nock in the 30s wrote in Our Enemy, the State, the party who benefits from what it says in the Constitution is the party that thumps it. Right. Yeah. And it flips when it's not. And that's exactly that's what that's when I finally, finally gave up hope for the system at all or even is when when on WSB, people who were thumping the crap out of the Constitution throughout Obama's tenure 
when Trump came along, I mean, my favorite quote was a recent one, not from those days, but that I'm quibbling about semantics when I quote the Constitution. Quibbling about semantics. <laughs> one thing that Solinsky <laughs> taught was to hold your opposition to their rule book. Make it make them stick to their rule book for your advantage. That's but- what I think Putin does. Yeah, d- d- with democracy. I mean? set, right, democracy, yeah. and this is how it works, and everybody needs a say, and blah, 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 because he's in the, in the, in the second position. So for him, a level playing field, which is what that embodies, is a benefit. That's exactly how he uses it. I just think here that when we hear both sides say it's unconstitutional, it's both sides kind of attempting to do that. To hold them to the the playbook, so to speak, the rule book, the Constitution, but neither side really cares. So no, they definitely don't care. I want to, if you want to talk about either side, I'd like to just say something about the Portland situation. Go for if it, I may. So I yesterday we put on the show why I think it was a, it was an indulgence, it was a departure from our normal format. I just I did ten minutes right out of the gate on all the reasons I think. That Portland, that the Fed should not be in Portland and how I think this is the, the, the last stand for self-defense, for any hope of being able to carve out our own spot locally. It was a good overview. I encourage people to go back. It's July 29th, 2020. It would be. I did get uh, quite a few like interesting comments. Ricky Bobby tweeted at me. You suggested that we use camera people in Portland get get cameras and get guns. And some people, they pay all these taxes. That's where the money goes for their security. They can't get those things for security now, don't you think? And I just want to clarify one point. I said to get those cameras, not for protection against the protesters, but for protection against the government when you defend yourself against the protesters. So yeah, you gave the government that money and they are misusing it. So it is there that, and people, and he said, there's a shortage of guns. That's because people are afraid of the government. That's why there's a run on guns and bullets it too. Started with, with Obama. So this just emphasizes the, the fact that this is the last stand. But here's the funny thing. So my, my argument the whole time was that this is getting Republicans on board with federal intervention in local politics, local policing, which is totally unconstitutional. They even to the point where they put police on their their generic uniforms, which you pointed out, which is crazy because that's a violation of in my opinion. So now today's headline was that Portland's local government is going to take over and the feds have agreed to leave. But in the next article, I read... Barr, Attorney General Barr says, oh, yeah, yeah, that's in Portland, but we still have deals in Cleveland, um, in Milwaukee, in Detroit, that we're going to go in there and at unprecedented level and fight crime and deal with the guns. I mean, there. It's an operation. Do you, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Well, Yes, there was an operation. They were implementing this before the coronavirus hit, where they were going to cities with high crime levels to do this. And then the coronavirus came and then the violence came up again when the coronavirus and Barr said in an interview that that's when they started deploying out to these cities again. Are you talking about Project Guardian? I don't think that that's it. Maybe that that was Bill Barr's approach to using mental health laws to take guns away from people. But you're right. He was doing this in December 2019. It is there. That is going to really effing annoy me. And I'm certain I wrote that down. But in any case, 
they are going in there to do it. And um, it absolutely reflects this. It will take a Republican to take your guns that that wise caller uh, mentioned. And and here's the thing. Here's why the mission was accomplished in Portland, because every freaking Republican from coast to coast, from the citizen to the politician, came out strongly in favor of sending the feds into localities who are not doing the job. So now that yeah. they have everybody on record in real time in the here and now, and they've completely conflated the issues of whether it's for crime fighting or protecting federal property, yeah. which is exactly what I said this was a setup for. And now you got to take it. You got to take it in your town. So now maybe they can do it in Fort Worth, right? Because it's not about protecting your property or I don't know. I don't think yeah. they can, but not in Fort Worth, but it's a different situation. And Portland was the place where the last stand just wasn't even, nobody even, no one even made that last stand. Yeah. It was called, or it is called Operation Legend. Yes. Yes, and I'm. Is it because of that Will Smith movie, which was a remake of a or was a real old sci-fi book legend, where he goes into the burnt-out city and he's got a big gun? It was. He's the only one movie. that's there. Yeah, I, I watched it for like five minutes. It was just. I don't know. I, I don't know what it's named like, after. I figured it was that. It's like a sci-fi movie. I don't know. The last point I'll make about that is is that there was a the ACLU is starting. Uh, a suit that doesn't want the police. So the police were live streaming the protests and the ACLU says they have no right to do that because of your rights, privacy, whatever. But that's messed up because I've always said, if the police have a right to watch you like that, even without them having a warrant, without any probable cause, then that's because we have that right. That's our right. They're exploiting. They can't have the right if we don't have the right unless they've got a warrant for it. So what I think the answer to police surveillance is, is to live stream everything or fight the fight of whether they have that right. And the ACLU, which normally, I mean, they're totally seems like a communist organization to me, but a lot of times they're the technically correct in what they're saying. And they might be technically correct in the law, but they are setting the stage for the police to continue to surveil up the wazoo and not even be permitted to push it out in real time, unedited, uncurated, which is our only hope of defense against it, against them using it against us. Yeah, everybody's going to be filming everybody else. That's how it's going to be in the future. That would be great, except for they're not. When you try to put your, I remember with Parkland, February 14, 2018, when I went to YouTube to find everybody's videos, there were none. There were thousands yeah. of kids there and there were none. So we might be filming it, but with the censorship, we can the talk platforms, about the meeting yeah. right. that it's not happening. What's up, guys? I talk about Neighbors Feed and Seed a lot, and not just because they offer everything you need to live a more sustainable lifestyle, but also because of the way that they conduct business. They give you the kind of personalized attention you don't get anywhere else. In fact, Bill from Neighbors is making Propaganda Report listeners a priority. He's given his private number to anyone who calls or emails the store so that he can personally make sure you get what you need. You're going to want to take them up on that offer. So go to NeighborsFeedandSeed.com. You can find their info on the contact page. And if you're in the Smyrna area, be sure and check out Neighbors' all-new Farmer's Market on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. By the way, Operation Legend was named after a four-year-old named Legend Talaferro who was shot and killed in Kansas City while she was sleeping. That's why it spells with a capital G. 
Yeah. It's capital L. It's Legend, I guess. Capital L-E, capital G-E-N-D. But it certainly has other in possible meanings. Mm-hmm. It's quite legendary. Did you see Fauci's latest recommendation? Well, wasn't I before we move on, wasn't there something about a, uh, these are the George Floyd protests, wasn't there? Oh yeah. Floyd thing? Well, there's a new George Floyd symbol that is being put up around the country. It's kind of touring around the country, I guess is a better way to put it. Black Lives Matter protesters toppled the Jefferson Davis Monument in Richmond, Virginia last evening. The activists put a futuristic new symbol in support of the fight. They replaced the statue of the Confederate leader with a 3D hologram of George Floyd. The holographic memorial is going to tour the southern U.S., replacing former Confederate monuments, and it's going to go to five or six different cities. And when you look at a picture of it, it looks very, very dystopian, like almost a Star Trek thing where there's this giant image, holographic image is looking down on you. And you can hear his family talking while you see the image, which is interesting. Oh, that is creepy. Yeah. All right. Well, that was interesting. Is it wearing a mask? Not the one that I saw. It's not. This is symbol warfare is what's going on. And right now, it seems as a Black Lives Matter is winning. There are people who have tried to paint over the Black Lives Matter mural. The one outside Trump Tower has been tried. They've tried to paint over it four times. And the way this works is this was big back during World War leading up to World War II between the communists and the Nazis. The communists would put the swastikas all around and then or the Nazis would, and then the communists would come and they would change the Nazi, Nazi symbol, the swastika, into this three-arrow symbol that they use. So they would build off of the Nazi swastika symbols and they would just add their paint to it and then the Nazis would change it back and they would change it back. And the idea was to transform the symbol into something to evoke a different feeling than the one it originally evoked, either evoke disgust out of the people who originally liked it or to inspire your side to fight harder. And we're seeing that go on. The people who are drawing masks on Martin Luther King's face on murals, they understand the symbol warfare very well. The people who are just smearing paint on the BLM stuff, they don't understand it quite as well yet, but I think they might be learning. So moving on to the COVID stuff, have you I know you have heard that Herman Cain died. I was uh surprised at that. Herman Cain died. They I also was surprised. I didn't realize he was diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer in 2006. I mean, that's 14 years. I can't I don't know how you get it out of a person's liver. Although I did uh know somebody also associated with WSB who beat stage four pancreatic cancer or just pancreatic cancer, which is hard to beat. So I guess it happens. But they say, so the local radio, according to JJ Boogie, is saying that he died of a heart attack. The official story or whatever, what the rumors have it that he died of COVID. They're showing pictures of him not wearing a mask at the Trump rally in Oklahoma. I have a couple of things to say about that. The picture of him not wearing a mask has like 10 other people with him not wearing masks, none of whom I assume are dead. And the other thing is people are telling me, well, he had a heart attack because COVID makes you weaker to that. And yeah, that's true. People who are morbidly ill are uh, anything can kind of tip them over the edge, which is why he's the one who died and not the people in the thing. That's what a comorbidity is. Similarly with the ventilators, if you it's the people over 65 who are dying of it because if and with comorbidities, if that's. If you're super, super vulnerable, that's how 
that I believe is how microbial disease works. And I'd also wonder if when, if people who are sick or old or in a degenerative state are more likely to get a positive PCR test, which is designed to amplify degenerative DNA. So that maybe if viruses are exosomes that are trying to clean up your system or come out of your cells when they burst or whatever the alternative theory is, maybe that makes these people more prone to have positives. So it's, it's so it, there is a correlation between people who are going to die and a positive PCR test, even if it isn't isn't a correlation with dying of a cold. The last I had heard about his condition was a couple of days ago, and it sounded like he was about to be able to go home. Sounded like he was going to be okay based on what I saw. So this is surprising. And what I'm seeing a lot of is same thing you saw is people using it as a way to say he didn't wear a mask. And that's why just they celebrate these yeah. tragic deaths. If it's a young person, if it's a baby, if it's somebody who said that they didn't believe in masks, they love to put that on the front and say, so-and-so who didn't like wearing masks, now they're dead, as though they're celebrating. It's kind of disgusting. But remember, kindness is everything. Yeah, kindness, kindness is, is everything. everything. Is on that thing. So here's the thing. If his, this is, this would make him crazy if he thought that this, that his death was being used to hurt Trump. He would hate that because he loved Trump yeah. from what I understand. But I wonder, maybe his family, if they don't dispute, maybe you'll get a deathbed something out of him. What if they're a bunch of Democrats or they're mad at him for the scandal that his, you know, he left the presidential race under the cloak of scandal about infidelity, which I don't think he ever admitted. But you never know. I mean, once this is what I, I once you're gone, you do not control the narrative. Yeah. Another thing about that is them using it to attack Trump. And my question is, they're showing pictures of Herman at these rally, at this Tulsa rally, which are saying, oh, that must be where he got it because Trump held this rally. Therefore, Trump is responsible. They don't know if that's where he got it. Secondly, I wonder what the ratio of people who catch it and die who wore masks all the time versus those who didn't. I wonder what the ratio there is. I wonder if there's actually some numbers on this person wore a mask, got this. I doubt there is, but there I'd be can curious. can't be because there's all those random controlled trials that do not show that masks prevent the transmission of uh, illness, yeah. virus. I'd virus. also be curious at all the pictures of people not wearing masks at all these rallies and protests that they are praising the BLM protest. It's just hypocrisy. It's disgusting. Yeah. And they don't even know if it's if what they're claiming has any validity to it whatsoever. Oh, by the way, I that I had a tweet from don't mask me, bro, which I think is funny <laughs> saying, pointing out that the goggle thing is emerging. The eye protection or face mask is emerging, which I just it just I noticed it. Yeah, you- it was it popped up in this Lancet article that somebody sent me for another reason. And I had never seen it before. And I'm telling you, when you see something weird I, I it, we our propaganda machine has gotten so ridiculous that absolutely nothing is not used for propaganda. I'm not saying it's all false. I'm just saying it's all propaganda. Yeah, propagated for a reason. That was propagated for a reason. I, I saw it coming. But he pointed out that they could be the way you and I were talking yesterday about that six feet thing, the shock collars for the NBA uh-huh. sportscasters. That all of this could be ways to uh, accentuate train refine the surveillance state to be able to detect people 
under all circumstances with partial face coverings and uh, gait is a big part of it. So maybe that's the distance helps them identify people's gates. I don't know, but I believe that this stuff may be, it's certainly the data will be used if it can be used. They're definitely not beneath that. A big welcome to our latest sponsor, an avid member of the Propaganda Report community, True Hemp Science, experts in CBD with a huge variety of premium CBD from different farms and with different cannabinoid profiles all in one place. Go to truehempscience.com slash prop report for your special offer. To the point you're just making, this is from NextGov, the website. Facial recognition algorithms struggle to detect faces under mask, a new study finds. So this tells me that they are testing and they are trying to do this. Right. Why would they say that if they weren't yes. thinking about so it? Yes. The, so the idea is to get technology that can see through the face mask and still detect you. They will have that. Can I make a couple of announcements? Yeah. Tomorrow, which is Friday, hopefully people will hear this by then, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, we are going to be on Facebook Live. You have to have Facebook to do it. But this is just anybody who wants to access live stream. You don't have to be a patron, but you do have to use Facebook. It's at facebook.com slash the Clint Powell. Binkley and I, we will be uh, live streaming with our friend Clint for like a half an hour, 20 minutes, something like that short. And then we have a VIP DPP tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern. So if you like the live streaming, maybe you want to sign up, but it doesn't matter. It's just for people to watch and have some fun. And you can chat with us in real time, which is what's so fun about it. And then I did want to drive people. I posted a podcast that I did with Erase the State. I posted it at thepropreport.com, although you can find it at Erase the State, which was about the moment that the scales fell from my eyes and I saw the the pathocracy in its reality. I, I was still like... It's your red pill moment? It was my red pill moment, exactly. It was the Boston Marathon bombing and it was when the internet was still pretty open and I had I pulled up 10 old posts that just dug into the details of what made me finally take that red pill it was undeniable and we really go through it in great detail so if you're interested in that go to thepropreport.com or find a race of the state and that's it for now fantastic so oh the did you notice that the market went down today quite a bit because they said that GDP was the lowest the worst kind of recession than since World War II and like 32% drop in GDP. And I have to say, I did say that I don't know where that's going to go, but that there was going to have to be a drop in the market in order to justify or get some some support going for the next stimulus package. So they know when they're going to get the GDP numbers. Today is July 30th. Tomorrow is July 31st when all the UBI and everything, the unemployment subsidies expire. So it's no, in my mind, it's no coincidence that just when everybody's panicking on the low end about losing that extra money, people in the middle who have who their retirement depends on the market are also now worrying. So there you have like basically the entire voting public who are going to want either the Republican or the Democrat stimulus package. Yeah. To that, similar to that, there is demands for a national database to track evictions because there's going to be evictions that are coming because people are going to be allowed to. And there's also people pushing legislation to try and prevent that from happening. 
This all goes with the stimulus checks. What's going to happen when the stimulus checks stop and people are allowed to evict again? So did I tell you my insight about like how it's how it's because I kept thinking we're useless eaters. Are they just going to kill everybody? You know, they're just replacing everybody with robots. They're just going to kill everybody. And I realize I think I understand kind of how it's working. And I think what the way it's working is. Capitals. Let's let's just use it's like basically communist terms, but they there's some economic use in the term. So say capital, capital controls the capital, like the capital investment, the equipment, the money, and then labor is the labor. So by subsidizing all this tech, all this research, that's what the government did. It really gives a tremendous advantage to capital. Capital then capitalizes on research and development is tax deductible, all that stuff. So it's interest. So. So they can make it so that very little kind of physical labor needs to be used. And then they take the highly educated middle and upper middle class who they tax into a completely neutral political position, but they, they get them to operate that capital. So they have the capital. Then they have this very small class of human beings that run that capital. And everything that they, all the product that they produce and sell through that is almost all profit. So they have to give that middle and upper middle class kind of a hefty salary, but then half more than half of that now is going to get taken away by the government. So they run the government too. And that is used to subsidize the lower classes who consume all that stuff. So the middle class who is going to produce using all this capital, any surplus they get, they get to live nice, but any surplus they get goes to the government. And those are the income taxes that pay the lower class to consume. But the, what is lower class consuming? They're consuming the products that the capital class is producing and and it subsidizes that. And I'm not the reason it's not communist to observe that is I'm not suggesting that the lower class steal the capital from the upper class. It's that the capital is connected to the government and creates the scenario and it's and you can see it unfolding and how they're attra- uh, approaching the covid thing and some of them even created the crisis in the first place that that what you need is less government control and more autonomy and no i mean i would say no government government is always and everywhere a method of exploitation in my opinion I think that's kind of, you know, it has to soak in, but like I was thinking about it. Are they going to kill all the useless eaters when the robots, why are they just having robots make everything? They need the useless eaters. That's the excuse for getting the, <laughs> for extracting even the labor and stuff and the surplus from the middle class. But you they talk can't. about it's going to be a utopia. Nobody's going to have to work. The robots well, are going to do everything for us. We're all going to lounge by the giant we're community be pool. Led with joy. Led with joy. You remember that was a Patrice Colors. Isn't there isn't the founder of BLM the yeah, Patrice Colors? That's her. That was her quote. We'll be close your eyes and imagine a world where we are led with joy. Yeah, imagine Sounds a, like Al Huxley. Mm-hmm. Imagine a world where if you have kids that you can still follow your dream. You don't have to worry about staying at home and raising them or being there when they get back from school and or raising producing. them. Yeah, don't have to worry about doing anything because Stacey Abrams and her cradle to career plan, the UNESCO plan, is going to sweep your kid up and raise them from the day they're born until they're adults. And there's a perfect opportunity for them to do that right now. There's multiple articles today that are about how 
There is a crisis, a child care crisis, the coronavirus child care crisis. And that, they say, is the major thing holding the economy back right now. And they're saying it's sexist, too. They're saying moms are staying at home. They, they don't know what to do with their kids. And there's got to be a solution or the economy's not going to come back. Enter Stacey Abrams. Enter that UNESCO cradle-to-career plan where the government raises your kid. I have to tell you, it is really, really hard for me right now. Like, I was I, – we're – we are – the demand for our product is going through the roof because absolutely nobody is speaking the truth about what's happening or giving any honest opinions about what they think is happening. It's just completely an echo chamber now for all yeah. over the place. So we we really can't people like if we we're late, people blow up my email or my DMs and stuff. They're just like, "Where's the show? Where's the show?" <laughs> so I have to do the show. It takes me five hours a day. I've like calculated a thousand times. I can't cut it back at all. It's five hours a day. But I have a special needs child who at school has a one-on-one aide. So he's in a special needs classroom of like 10 kids and he has to have a personal aide because he runs away. He cannot, he can't learn independently at all. He like screams when he gets, not really, but he like kind of panics a little bit when he's overly challenged with the work and it's hard for you to understand what's happening. So, I mean, I have to run back and forth. You see it, you know, I'm just like, ah, you know, we pause and I have to run back and forth. It is quite a burden. And with our loss in income because of this overall, I have no help at all, even if it were allowed, which I'm not even sure it is. So in California, uh, I'm fine. We have a lot of support. It's actually brought our family really much closer together. I've absolutely had to get my other kids to help and do the dishes and stuff. Thank goodness that like this is a great moment for them to really stop being so spoiled when things were easier. I love it. I'm really happy with it. But again, it's highly regressive because if you don't have a little extra capacity or you don't have like a nuclear family that can pull together then you are going to be in a in a position where you can't and if you have i think lower income people have more a higher incidence of special needs i i think i'm just observing that in my day-to-day life i mean these are things that are quite burdensome and you will ha- you will have to address it they you will have to address it and it will reinforce this welfare state but for four trillion dollar deficits two years running which is what we're looking at that that is going to be 100 percent inflation that's modern monetary theory right there and if you want to wipe out a middle class that's a great way to do it gosh i've been ranting a lot lately i'm super sorry do you mind <laughs> no it's fine and they create these conditions. This is what Bernays advocated for. If whatever you're selling, whether it's uh, an agenda or a product, if th- currently the public isn't demanding it or accepting it, then you create the conditions where they can't do anything but accept it or demand it. And with this coronavirus thing, whether this was exploited or just built into the whole thing, this idea that Someone else is going to raise your kid because there's nothing else you can do because of the situation. If you want to survive and want to work, therefore, you must comply with this. I was going to call the school and ask them if they can let that that one-on-one come to my house. Me. I don't even take any social services at all because I don't want them in my house. Yeah. (laughs) But, 
you know, and for moral reasons. But really, if I were desperate, I still wouldn't want it because they take notes and stuff. And I mean, once he was like a, a little that would drive baby. me crazy. Like, what are this you writing, kid, fucker? What are yeah, you writing? This is this is what she said to me. The kid was the doctor described my son as a bag of sugar. That's how low muscle tone he was. It was I didn't care. He was like, you know, that's how we tell because like he's a sweet bag of sugar. No, not because he was sweet. But because he was so low muscle tone, like when he was born with Down syndrome, he kind of looked almost normal, but like they were just like, the kid is a blob. So the social worker, they, the social worker comes, she told me to give him massages every night. I was like, I mean, I couldn't even get dressed. Like I was devastated. And uh, I wasn't, I wasn't going to get the kid massage. You could, your hand would just disappear like a bowl of whipped cream, like you were not giving him massages. So she comes back to my house like six weeks later. She's like, have you been doing the massages? I said, absolutely not. No way. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and she starts trying to, mom refuses. I was like, whoa. Did she say that? So she was saying what she, she was, was writing? She was saying it, yes. Ugh. Because I think they want you to know, yeah. you know. And another time. Uh, I asked for help potty training. So I moved to a different place and I, I needed some help and I did accept it briefly and then rejected immediately. I need to help potty training. I was like, just number two, number one's okay. She said, I'm going to write that you need help with number one also so that we can show progress. I said, so he's already potty trained, but you're going to write that he isn't so you can say that you potty trained him? She's like, yeah. And I was like, do you understand that I'm actually paying your fucking salary? And that was the end of that. So I yeah, tried why, a couple of times. I get, they do that. In hospital situations for therapists sometimes so that they could show so they can get the order because you have to get an order to get therapy for after certain for certain conditions. Yeah, no, I already and you got to show it. the progress. So was she doing that for that or just for her own? No, she was doing it for her. Uh, well, it's she had I had the authorization to have the help for potty training. It didn't yeah. matter. So but I did try a couple of times because when you're desperate, you know, you got you do you do. That's what I'm saying. Like, yes, when you're people, desperate. When you're exactly. desperate, desperate, like crying, you know, crying in your pillow can't function desperate. Like when the kids were little, I had three kids in diapers and I just couldn't, I couldn't do anything. And uh, when you're desperate like that, you do, you look around. And when you make and, society and feel this desperate. Goes, this goes to Ricky Bobby's point. Like the people in Portland, they, they can't afford cameras. They don't have guns because of government action. So they are in this situation where there is nothing they can do at this moment. And I get that. But I'm saying. Who can't afford cameras? I When I was saying that the people in Portland, before you arm up, put cameras everywhere on your property, I wasn't saying that get a security system. I was saying record your activity so that when you have to defend yourself in a court of law, you have a record. So get like a body cam. Yeah, I'm saying because you want to control it. And the ACLU is saying that only the cops get to control the public cameras. I don't you know what I'm saying? So but my my point is, yes, the the government situation. So I was in a situation where we still had to pay taxes. Taking care of special needs kids wasn't tax deductible, at least not in any meaningful way. So we had to pay these maximum taxes. We were living in L.A. at the time. I mean, there was just nothing we could do. I could not get the help I needed. So I looked into that and and I went to the church and they weren't helpful. It was really a desperate time. But um, it all turned out great, I have to say. But my point is, yes, I see that the scenario does is created by the government to create that dependence and when the rubber hits the road like right now and you have nowhere else to turn but what i was saying about the people in portland is this is the moment though because if if they really have to face the reality that they cannot defend themselves at all then we are not free and this is not the american experiment is absolutely over 
and and that if they can't get up and take liberty back at that point in the form of self-defense, which is the only right, in my opinion, the only right is the right to self-defense. Everything else is that right. Are you talking about the protesters or just the people? No, I'm talking about you don't need the feds in Portland. You need to arm yourself and protect yourself against the government saying that you can't arm yourself. Yeah. You can stop them from entering the property of your business with a gun if you're allowed to use it. But if you're not allowed to use it, then that government has made it impossible for you to defend yourself. And defending yourself is the only liberty that you really have. Yeah. So if you can't do that, and then it gets into roads. I mean, I could talk about that. But you go back and listen to yesterday's show if people are interested in where this conversation is going. But I'm just saying, yes, we're desperate. And now is the time. Because that's how they get total and complete capitulation, total precedence, yada, yada. So sorry to go over, really. My apologies. But my mind has been on fire lately. It's all right. Preach it. Preach it. <laughs> you guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every week afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DMV, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. We will talk to you tomorrow or in the Patron 15. 